Welcome back to the channel today, folks. We have a little bit of a different um, look at a podcast, I guess you could say. Last night, I hopped on the podcast with uh, Ian DeMars and Ryan, don't know his last name, sorry, of Touchdown Tuesdays. Um, they're an up-and-coming channel just like we are, and we discussed um, all things the NFL draft prospects. We evaluated their mock drafts, went over my top 10, um, which would be a repeat if you checked out my last uh, NFL mock draft video. But this is mainly going to be on his point of view from things because I was not able to record, so I just took his recording and I'm putting this over there. But I um, just wanted to give a shout out to the Unwrapped Sports Network. They help provide me uh, with the podcasting ability and article writing ability to distribute this to you guys. So shout out to them and also the Fantasy Sports Gaming Network and Sports Re- Sports Regime. I hope you guys enjoy. Let's kick it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Touchdown Tuesdays, the official football podcast of Brew Sports. I am Ian DeMars alongside Ryan Solomon. We're just getting through the Easter holiday, which means we're just a couple days away from what big thing in the NFL, Ryan? Um, what is it, Ian? What's the thing we've been talking about like every single week for the past like five weeks? NFL draft time. Yes, I was hoping you're going to say the NFL draft and not the AAF because we all know that doesn't even exist anymore. We did spend a lot of time talking about that too, but no, NFL draft, way more exciting than one would expect a draft would be. It's probably the most hyped up draft um, other than maybe the NBA in all of sports. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And with the NFL draft being this week, we actually have two guests on the show this week. First one, oh, he's been on the show a couple of times. If you're friends with him on Facebook, you can check out his weekly NFL rant uh, page on his Facebook page during the NFL season. That's Minnesota Vikings fan Neil Johnson. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks you guys for having me on this week. Uh, I'm looking forward to the draft preview. And then our second guest is a first-timer to the show. He is a founder, co-founder, I believe, of Top Tier Sports, and that is Lucas Kaser. Welcome to the show, Lucas. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, finally get on an episode with you and talk a little bit about the draft coming up. Yeah, it's very. this is a very exciting episode having both you guys on here. We were supposed to have one more uh also, David Anderson was supposed to be on the show. However, today is his birthday. He had a little bit of a time issue with us, so unfortunately he can't come on this week. However, he is expected to come on next week to do a post-NFL draft summary, as he had done last year for us. But with all of that, guys, let's get into uh, the episode. So this we're going to start off this week kind of going over – uh, the mock drafts that Ryan and I put on. Now, Ryan, he went on the offensive side going with the with the Cardinals first pick. He has them going with Kyler Murray. And then we also see that on my take, I go defensive, and I have the Arizona Cardinals going with Nick Bosa. So now looking at this, um, Lucas, we'll start off with you. Who do you think the Cardinals end up going with? Do you think they go offensive side of the ball or defense? Yeah, so – uh, my mock draft that we put on an episode last week, I am picking Murray. I think it's just a better, for sure, lock in the pick. I think he's probably one of the better players in the draft. So I think, I mean, I think they should take him, but I don't really know if they actually will. I could see them trading down, but I think Murray's the right pick if they are going to stay at one. 
All right, Neil, what are your take on it? What's your take on it? Um, you know, Ian, based off of your mock draft, uh, I really do like Nick Bosa going one. Uh, I'm a believer, too, that they will end up sticking with Josh Rose and his quarterback. So for the number one overall pick, I would definitely agree with you, uh, your mock prediction on that. Yeah, and it's kind of an interesting situation because a lot of people think that Nick Bosa might be the best overall prospect in this draft, but a lot of people are saying that because of the dynamic season that Kyler Murray had, it's kind of tough going against him, especially with some of the big-time performances he had. You look at the Big 12 championship game against the Texas Longhorns. You look what he did in their playoff loss to Alabama. He struggled early in that game, but he was still able to put up phenomenal numbers. And despite the lack of size, he was able to measure out pretty well at the combine and could possibly be that number one pick. However, you look at Nick Boza, you look at he's got that uh, family trade in the NFL with his brother Joey playing for the Chargers. So it's going to be interesting to see what side of the ball that they really go with here. I mean, Ryan, I know we just did our mock drafts last week. Do you really have any change, or do you still think that's going to be Kyler Murray? No, I still think it's going to be Kyler Murray. And a big reason why is because of the trade talks um, surrounding Josh Rosen. You would think that if they were going some other direction, there wouldn't be so much hype about a potential and possibly even likely trade of Rosen to some other team, indicating that they're probably going to try to get Kyler Murray in that system right away. So I think that... At this point, it looks even more likely, given the hype surrounding that trade, um, than it did a couple weeks ago that they're going to go Kyler Murray. Yeah, I still think that the defense makes the best sense here. It's just kind of hard for the Cardinals to give up on Josh Rosen, even though he did struggle that first year. I mean, it's only one year. I feel like you have to give him one year in the new system with Cliff Kingsbury, evaluate him, and then next year, if you struggle, you can still go after possibly a better quarterback draft class next year. So, I don't know. It's just kind of a tough situation. I mean, uh, Ryan and I have discussed this, but, uh, Neil, we'll start off with you. Do you think that the Cardinals would trade that first pick if they're really unsure? Oh, man. Oh. Being first off, being in the position to have the number one overall pick is extremely tough. Typically, because number one, you got to be bad, and no team wants to be bad. So I feel like when you're in that when you're in that spot, unless you're getting you know two or three first round picks in exchange for the top selection, I find it extremely difficult for teams to want to move that pick. And the unique thing this year is, I mean, hey, you guys, we got Kyler Murray. You know, many teams would. Take him number one overall if they were in, uh, you know, the number one spot. And the same token, like we mentioned earlier, Nick Bosa, fantastic, phenomenal pass rusher, best overall talent that we've seen defensively probably in a couple of years. Yeah, I think it would be extremely tough uh, for them to move that pick. But I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. All right, Lucas, what are your thoughts on a possible trade for the Cardinals? Yeah, I think – I mean, I think they really need to – Wait, I mean, I think they need to go Kyler Murray, and if not, trade down. But I think with the trade down, they have to look back at how far they were will be willing to move down and still maybe get an edge rusher because that is a big need on their team. So, like, I wrote down maybe trade down with the Raiders and take, like, a Josh Allen or a kind of sweat at, like, the fourth pick. But I don't think I don't think they should go down too far to where they'll miss out on the elite defensive talent that uh, is in the draft class. 
Yeah, and you look at a trade for the Cardinals could possibly make sense, whether that be for that first pick or even trading Josh Rosen. There have been reports that there have been a few teams that are interested in Josh Rosen. Um, If the Cardinals do end up keeping that pick, how likely is it that Josh Rosen is not going to be a Cardinal by the end of the season? Ryan, I'm going to ask you first on this. Do you think that Rosen will get traded? I do think he'll get traded. I don't think they were too pleased with his performance last year. I don't think that most teams were ever that pleased with his attitude, and that's why we saw him kind of fall in the draft the way that he did um, last season. And I think that given Larry Fitzgerald being on kind of his last legs, this possibly being his last season, they want someone in there that can at least give some sort of spark to that offense. And I don't think Rosen is really that guy. I think that they want someone like a Kyler Murray who can get the fans kind of hyped up, who can maybe give them one last miracle season for Fitzgerald. And I think that they've kind of established that Rosen is the old guards guy. Nobody that was there to coach him or draft him or there again this year. So, you know, they want to move on from that pick, I think. All right, Lucas, do you think that Josh Rosen will be traded by draft day or sometime during the draft? I think if they are going to trade him, I think it needs to be in the draft because I don't really know, like, post-draft, I don't really like, think of a team that would throw throw a trade package towards him. Uh, I don't really – it's just kind of hard to picture, like, a uh, like a Giants or, like, Redskins trying to trade for him after the draft. All right, Neil, what about you? Uh, Josh Rosen, if I had to predict, uh, he will be a New York Giant on Thursday night. Oh, wow. So pretty big that's a pretty bold move right there. But I mean I I'm not gonna be mad. I would definitely like that move, but I don't know, it's just kinda tough because you have to look at the value of Josh Rose. And after the performance he put up last year, even though it was a struggling offense, there have been reports that he might not even garner a first round pick. And for a guy that last year some people thought was the top quarterback in the draft. Could, might not even get a first-round pick. That's something the Cardinals are going to have to look at. There's been reports that they might just, if they do draft Kyler Murray, that they might wait till training camp or sometime during the preseason to do a trade when a possible quarterback injury happens. So that's something that's definitely going to be one of the main topics to go for or that will be going on during the draft starting Thursday, the first round, second round, and third round on Friday, and then the remaining four through seven rounds on Saturday. So uh, looking through the rest of our of the mock draft, we Ryan and I both did a couple of trades. Ryan had the Packers and the Redskins swapping picks in the first round, while I'll, I had the Giants and the 49ers swapping picks. Then I also had the New England Patriots moving up, getting a second pick in the first round of these three trades, which one do you think could be the most likely? Neon, I'm going to start with you on this one. You know what? I actually thought uh, Ryan's uh, suggestion of the Packers trading the pick to Washington uh, or vice versa, I, I thought that was really interesting. And it's kind of like outside the bubble uh, where I wouldn't be surprised with, you know, Green Bay looking for air apparent like Rodgers, maybe moving up for, you know, a quarterback such as, you know, Drew Locke and whatnot, and uh, for me, that, that that was the one that stood out most. All right, what about you, Lucas? Yeah, I think your uh, your Patriots picking up the extra first round pick and taking uh, potentially their Gronk replacement Noah Fant 
And also, uh, I think you had Haskins at 32 in that same mock. I think it was really, like, different. I think you could say, like, I haven't seen that before, uh, getting a QB and a tight end for the Patriots in the first round. But that's definitely that, something that uh, I think Belichick could do because, I mean, probably the greatest coach of all time, I would say. So it's a Patriots move right there, I guess. Yeah, and you look at both of the scenarios. First off with Ryan's. You got the four, you got the Redskins who are in a tough position quarterback wise. Alex Smith, the future for him is still uncertain. Colt McCoy also had a leg injury last year, so they really don't have much depth at quarterback that's healthy at least. So trading up and possibly jumping a team that could look at a quarterback like Miami, that would be a perfect scenario for the Redskins. While the Packers, they could drop back and get a couple more picks, and I think that's definitely something the Packers would want to do. And then you look at the other scenario, it makes sense, I think, for the Patriots to try drafting a replacement for Gronk. And the reason why I had Haskins falling so far back is because we don't necessarily see Ohio State quarterbacks perform that well in the NFL. I mean, the most recent success you could say was maybe uh, a twelve prior, but he switched over to receiver and has kind of fallen off, off the earth a little bit. And Troy Smith was a back, solid backup, but none of them really had too much success starting-wise. So I feel like the Patriots in this case, if Haskin does slip that far, it's a perfect scenario because he only started one full season. He's going to be probably the backup on that team, maybe third string for a couple of seasons. You get him ready to actually face good NFL competition under one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And then by the time Brady does hit that age 45 and possibly does retire, Dwayne Haskins will be ready. Ryan, uh, I know we kind of discussed this a little bit last week in regards to uh, some of our trades being a little bit interesting, but do you actually think that, I mean, we mocked it last week. Do you think that either of these trades could actually happen? I mean, I can definitely see either of those trades happening. If you look at the Packers, traditionally, they're a team that likes to move up and down the draft boards, um, especially in that first round, a lot of times falling back a little bit because they usually are looking at guys kind of deeper in the draft in the first round, not necessarily going for the top guys all the time. And I could see the Redskins wanting to make sure that they get a decent quarterback. I mean, it depends on who they have on their board as their top-rated guys. If they have a Haskins up there or something and he falls to them or a Drew Locke up there and he falls to them. They might want to just jump ahead of Miami. And the Patriots are another team that traditionally is all over the place during the draft, trying to accumulate picks, trying to move up to take their guy. And they usually do some very surprising things in the draft. So I would think that these would be two of the most likely teams to see a trade with. I would think the other one would probably be the Cardinals if they do decide to get rid of that first overall pick and not go with Kyler Murray. I would think that those would kind of be the teams to watch for going forward this first round. And then uh, last thing on the subject of our mock drafts, I'm going to ask both Lucas and Ryan, or Lucas and Hill this. So looking at Ryan and I's mock drafts, what was the one pick that surprised you the most? Neil, I'll have you go first on this. Uh, for me, I, I would say the one thing that surprised uh, – me based off your and Ryan's picks was at number eight with Detroit. Both of you guys had TJ Hawkinson going in the uh, top ten, and I'd have to look back on the uh, recent drafts, but I don't recall the last time a tight end was selected in the top ten. And if so, maybe it could have been like a 
Brandon Pettigrew, a former um, Detroit Lion. But for me, I thought that was very intriguing. And Lucas, what about you? Um, being a Broncos fan personally, you had them taking uh, DK Metcalf. And I was just kind of uh, – I've really seen a lot of Broncos uh, taking receivers and a lot of mocks. So that just, that just kind of stuck out to me um, from DK going to the Broncos. Yeah, and Ryan, I know we both picked TJ Hawkinson, and I believe the last tight end that actually was picked that early in the draft was a previous Lions tight end, and that was Eric Ebron. So I'll let you handle that one. So why did you have TJ Hawkinson going so high in your draft? Well, one of the reasons for that was because the Lions need to fill that need after getting rid of Eric Ebron, and they clearly want to add some more explosive players around Matt Stafford after kind of shipping off a lot of them with Golden Tate leaving. Um, and they're trying to rebuild that team with some young talent on the offensive side of the ball. And it seemed like he was really a guy that could potentially add some spark to that team. Um, they have, I think, C.J. Anderson they got now at the running back position. They still have Matthew Stafford. They needed to add some pass catchers, and it seemed like a move they would make to go tight end. It was sort of like, I tried to play in my mock draft a lot to what teams usually do and how they tend to air with their picks. And it seems like the Lions will go pass catcher in the first round more than any other team in NFL history, no matter which GM is drafting for them. Yeah, they do have a pretty big history of that. Calvin Johnson, um, uh, Charles Rogers, Warren like Williams. Williams. Yeah, yeah, the on and on. They go a lot. They go pretty deep in regards to going offense in the draft. Obviously, Matthew Stafford as well. I'll, I'll explain why I chose DJ Metcalf or, or DK Metcalf. Always get that mixed up for the Broncos. And you look at their scenario right now. The defense obviously took a little bit of a step back last year. That offense also took a pretty big setback as well. I mean, besides uh, Philip Lindsay just coming out of nowhere to dominate in that backfield, we kind of saw some interesting things happen in the receiving core. Uh, Demarius Thomas wasn't necessarily having a strong season before he got traded. Emmanuel Sanders was probably the number one receiver on that team, but he also suffered a, I believe it was a torn Achilles, yep. which is a very difficult injury to come back from. A lot of athletes don't even ever return to their top speed or elite talent after an injury like that. You look at they have a rising uh, wide receiver in Cortland Sonnen, who could be a good guy. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton also played solid for them last year. And if TJ Hawkinson ends up dropping down to 10, I could definitely see them going there just because they kind of had an up-and-down tight end situation as well. Jake, but I still have some promise in, depending on if he can stay healthy. But I think that you have to go dynamic, and I think you have to just go out of the park here with this one. And I think that's why DJ, DK Mecca would be the guy that some people might not expect. But a trend that has happened these last few years is a wide receiver going in the top ten. And I think that this would be the pick that it could happen. So does that work for you, Lucas? Yeah, I think I think um, I don't know. I just don't think it's really John Elway's like persona. I guess you could say to take a pick like that. But I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it because I mean, we need all the help that we can get, especially on the offensive side of the football. But yeah. And then Neil, did we convince you now on Hawkinson? Yeah. Uh, initially, I I was a little skeptical, but uh, I mean, you guys did put forth some good thoughts on that, and. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, come Thursday, now I wouldn't be shocked if 
he ends up being the selection. Um, now, let, let me ask you this. Will any of the teams, do you think, um, you guys, uh, do you think any of them will trade completely out of the first round of this year's draft? Ryan, I'll have you answer that one first. I mean, I have no idea what Neil just said because I can't <laughs> hear his audio. Oh, oh, yeah. Neil, he had asked if any of any team in the first round, which one do you think would trade out of the first round? I think that in the first round, the team most likely to probably trade out would be the Cardinals, as I mentioned, because they want to try and get more for that first overall pick if they can, if they're not planning to go with Kyler Murray or aren't too high on Bosa. So I could see them probably being the most likely to trade out. You usually look at a team to do some trading like that if they already have a somewhat complete roster or if they have so many holes to fill that it would be better for them to get more picks than to just have one higher pick. Um, so you could also possibly look at the 49ers in that regard, too, because they have pretty good players on offense and some decent players on defense, too. And getting Jimmy Garoppolo back, they might just want some more lower uh, first-round players instead of one you know, really big-time prospect at that number two spot. So especially if somebody's willing to give them a lucrative offer, they might be willing to trade out of there, too. But I would still go with the Cardinals as the top one to trade out. Yeah, I... I think an NFC West team will do that. I just don't think it's the Cardinals. I think that the Seattle Seahawks make the most sense. The reason why I say that, they only have four picks. So it makes sense for a team that's looking to jump up maybe into the first round, maybe a Chicago Bears or maybe some other team look to switch with them. The Seahawks getting a couple more picks in the second, third, or fourth rounds. So that way they can at least get maybe five or six picks this year because having only four picks, that kind of puts them in a difficult position to try and improve on that team. That team made it to the playoffs last year after a lot of people were kind of surprised that the people thought it was going to be sort of a rebuild. But I think that if they want to get some more picks, then they would be the team that's most likely to trade out. Lucas, who do you think could be a team that could trade out? Uh, I, I think I could maybe see the Patriots um, kind of – I think they have 12 picks, I believe. I think they have the most picks in the draft. And I think it could be like a uh, – like we were saying, Belichick-type thing to do, just to maybe move down like three or four picks and add maybe another second or third. Um, just Because, uh, I mean, there's a lot of receivers in the draft, and I think they, need a, they have a need for receivers. There's a lot of later QBs they could also take. So I, I could potentially see them – trading with the last pick of the night. Maybe some team wants to hop back in for a QB or something, and I could see them working out a deal there. Yeah, a trendy team that has traded out quite often over the last few NFL drafts has been the New England Patriots, so that definitely is a smart choice. The Cardinals, I do think that a possibility of them trading out of that first pick is pretty likely, especially um, if they actually do decide to keep Josh Rosen. But those are definitely two topics on what the Cardinals will do with the draft that will come up. But let's stick with the topic of trade. So as I mentioned before, teams trading inside the top 10 has been a common trend over these last few years. So if you had to pick one team in the top 10 that would do a trade to either move up or possibly fall into the teens, which team do you think that would be? Um, Ryan, I'll start with you on this one. Well, I'm going to stick with the 49ers in this one. And like I said, they already have a reasonably complete team. They don't need to take a quarterback. So think about this, too. If Arizona does decide to go somewhere other than Kyler Murray, and all of a sudden the San Francisco 49ers are sitting on that number two pick, and they have Kyler Murray on the board available, 
like the number of teams that would be willing to maybe make a deal with them when they don't really want a quarterback, there could be a couple teams that would be willing to go up. The Giants could be willing to go up, the Dolphins, the Redskins. There's some possible players um, at that number two spot for them. So I think if they get to that point and there's somebody that's still available that any other team wants more, they could be willing to kind of double down on that number two overall pick and trade out of it. All right, what about you, Lucas? Yeah, I think um, I th- I've heard, seen rumors that the Jets have been rumored to trade down, and I think kind of sitting at three, kind of like what Ryan just touched on, you kind of have to wait and see on the whole Kyler Murray, what goes down there. And then I think there really isn't a standout edge rusher, or I guess I think the, the best three defenders are Josh Allen, Bosa, and Quentin Williams, not in that order. But I think the Jets would be okay with any one of them. So I could potentially see them trading down to like maybe with the Giants or like this lower in the top 10, but I still think they want to keep their uh, high-ish pick because they still are in need of a rebuild. All right. And Neil, who do you think uh, in the top 10 is going to be moving? I actually agree with these guys, and um, I think the the Jets as well. Um, kind of like what uh, Luke was touching on uh, with the fact that uh, – there's a lot of star defensive players, particularly on the line, you know, in the linebacking core. At number three, they could easily slide back a couple slots and end up with any of their top three choices on their board. So I, I'm in agreement with those guys. I think the Jets will move out from the three position. Yeah, and looking at the draft the last couple of years, um, whether it's before the draft or the day of the draft, that three pick has been traded. You look at a couple of years ago, the Bears moved from three to two and swapped with the 49ers. And then we saw, obviously, last year, the Cardinals, or not the Cardinals, the Colts and the Jets, they swapped to three and a six pick. And that's where we saw the Jets end up taking Sam Darnold. I do think that is a very trendy pick. And I think that the Jets are a team for, you look at maybe someone like in Oakland or someone like a, the Giants could possibly do that. But I'm not sure if the Jets want to do that at this point. I think they can still get a very good defensive player if they were to trade back a little bit. But I'm sticking with my mock. I think the 49ers have the best case to move out because of the fact that the Cardinals, if they don't pick Kyler Murray, then that that number two pick is they're going to get a lot of phone calls in that five, ten-minute span from where we see the first pick get taken, whether that be – a team like the Oakland Raiders moving up a couple spots, the Giants moving up, even a team like the Washington Redskins moving up very high. I think that spot, the two, is going to be a huge factor whether Kyler Murray is picked or not at number one. But if Kyler Murray does get picked at one, I do think that in that case, then the Jets pick at three could be the one that could possibly get moved back a little very interesting that Ian, the past would you guys two years we really had no idea who was going to go number one overall. Moved up I mean, last year we 10. had that, that inkling that there was going to be a quarterback, but here the whole landscape of the draft really is determined by who the Cardinals decide to pick with that number one overall. Yeah, that's very true. And Neil actually just tried uh, asking a question regarding the Packers, who currently sit at 12. So he had asked, do you think it's possible for them to move up and if they do move up in that case, who do you think would be the guy they'd go after? You want me to take that one? Yeah, I'll have you take that first. That's a tough one because the Packers, 
need a lot. They need offensive line help because that offensive line hasn't been deep. They need uh, defensive help still. But I don't really see a lot of guys in that top half of the first round that they would really go for. Um, they could be, perhaps be in the market for Hawkerson, actually, because Jimmy Graham has that one-year deal, so they might need a more permanent solution at tight end. So I could see them possibly trading up for that, but I think they're more in a, a place to sell at this point in the draft than they are to move up. Yeah, I think that I agree with you saying that if they decide that TJ Hawkinson's the guy they need, then a perfect trade scenario could possibly be the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I think they need they have a couple situations address the offensive line and some something on defense because that defense took a step back last year. So I think that dropping back to 12 could definitely help them out a little bit. Remember, the Packers still do have a pick at 30 that they would still have. So they can choose whatever they want at that point. But I think if they do want Hawkinson, then that would be the would make sense for them to trade into the top 10. Um, what about you, Lucas? Do you think that they are possibly a team that trades up? I really, I think really the only way they would trade up is um... – like uh, Ryan touched on for tight end, whether that's Fent or Hawkinson. I just think – I think they're in a prime spot. Um, they, t- they help the defense a lot in free agency in terms of uh, linebacking core. And I think with – I think they have 14 or 13. So, um, it's one of those two. Yeah, it's one of those and then the 30th, like you touched on. I think they're in a – I think they're in a solid spot to – address both the defense and, and O-line at those two picks. I think I think they should stay put, but the only reason they would trade up, I think, is for uh, Tyler. All right, and let's stick with the offensive side of the ball here. So um, right now, uh, Ryan and I both had three quarterbacks, if I'm correct, taken in our first mock draft. So did you have – I think you just had three, right, Ryan? Yeah, I just had the three. All right, so uh, Neil and Lucas, of the quarterbacks in this year's draft class – how many do you think go in the first round? Uh, Neil, I'll have you answer this one first. I actually agree with your guys' uh, mock drafts on those. I, I do think it will be exactly three will go in the first round, and I think it will also be the three that you guys have mentioned, obviously Murray, Hoskins, and Locke. And um, and I also agree with the order, too. I, I would suspect Murray would be at the top, probably the top three pick. Locke probably a top 15, and then Hoskins somewhere in that 16 to 32 range. So, yeah, I think you guys nailed it on that. I, I definitely agree with that order. Uh, how about you, Lucas? Um, I think just to kind of see like a different side of things, like I said with the Patriots maybe trading out of 32, I think four possibly. I still think it will go Kyler, Haskins, and Locke, and then I could potentially see uh, Daniel Jones or even Will Greer's get a lot of, getting a lot of hype maybe sliding in that 32 slot of team trading uh, back in, or maybe the Patriots take one of them. So I'm going to step forward just to kind of disperse the revenue a little bit, I should say. Yeah, I do think that Daniel Jones could be a guy that could be a big name talked about on Thursday night. I think that it, there's going to be some team that could take a chance at him earlier on, maybe trade – trade up or do something in order to get him. I think he's definitely the fourth quarterback on this list. Uh, Ryan, do you have Jones as your fourth, or do you have Will Greer? Do you have someone else that we haven't mentioned? I think Jones is my fourth. I think the question is going to be, will there be a team in the later first round or early second round that's going to really take a jump on him? Because the thing about it 
is there really aren't that many teams that are interested in quarterbacks right now. Most teams have a pretty decent quarterback situation or have a guy up and coming that they think could be the next guy. Otherwise, you have, you know, as we mentioned, the Redskins, you have um, the Dolphins, who they seem like they want to wait and perhaps even tank this season. Um, and then you have the Giants and maybe the Cardinals. So you're really looking at three to four there. And so I think that that market for the first round quarterback is not going to be as good as it was last year, where a lot of teams went out and got their guy. Uh, and Neil, do you have Jones as your number four, or do you have someone else? Yeah, I actually do have Jones as my number four. Um, like I said, I, I believe that uh, Hoskins and Locke are truly just a little bit better quarterbacks, a little more refined. So therefore, yeah, I would, I would have him uh, sitting as the fourth quarterback taken off the board. All right, and let's switch on to a different offense position. So now let's look at the running backs. Now, running backs haven't necessarily talked about too much in people's mock drafts. I know I didn't have one going in the first round. Ryan had Josh Jacobs going to the Oakland Raiders. Um, do you guys think that so, there's going to be one taken in the first round, and is it going to be Josh Jacobs, or could we see someone that we haven't really seen mentioned? Uh, Neil, I'll have you go first on this. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually in a disagreement with Ryan on that. I don't think Josh Jacobs will get drafted in the first round. I know him and uh, guys like uh, Miles Sanders have been talked about. But, I mean, those guys are kind of like the uh, old workhorses in the NFL, more like true power runners, pass blockers. Um, the guy that intrigues me the most um, in terms of, like the running backs coming out is David Montgomery out of uh, Iowa State. Um, that guy can potentially turn out to be more like a Elvin Kamara type um, player where he's solid runner but also a pretty good pass catcher. So to answer your question, though, uh, Ian, I do not think there will be a running back taken in the first round. All right. Uh, so I see we're in agreement there on y'all have no running backs in the first round. How about you, Lucas? What do you think? Yeah, it's kind of funny you touched on that. So I actually go to Iowa State just to I guess throw that out there. So I think Montgomery is in the same situation. I think he's the best back in the class, um, I don't think he will go the first round because I think the whole Alabama running back, Jacobs is being slotted as the one. Um, but I do think some team will take him in the first round. I don't know if it'll be via trade or like the Colts at 26 or the the Raiders. I think it's been a lot of hype. But I think um, I think I think Jacobs will go, but I think Montgomery's still the number one running back in the class. All right. Uh yeah, it's kind of tough because I, I remember last year kind of looking ahead into this year's draft, a lot of people were talking about a different guy from Alabama, Damien Harris being the top guy in this draft, and he's kind of fallen off the boards quite some. He's Some people may not even think he's a top five running back anymore. I do agree with both uh, Lucas and Neil on the fact that David Montgomery is a special talent, and I think some team definitely could reach out for him, whether that be late first round, early second. But the guy I think that no one really talks about, and it's because he played at a small school, is Devin Singletary from Florida Atlantic. This guy put up a lot of great numbers in that offense for Lane Kiffin. He was a dominant back in that conference and was definitely a top five rusher in college football. So I think – some team based off that fact is going to try and take him. I think he's a second-day pick. I'm not sure which team would go after him, but I do think that he's someone to watch out for. Don't think he's a first-round pick this year, but I think that he will be an early second-day pick. Ryan, who do you have 
as your second best back behind Josh Jacobs? That is a complicated question because running back is a position that hasn't gotten the same kind of value as it has in the past years. So you look at the teams that are doing well, and I bring this up a lot. The New England Patriots, obviously one of the best teams in the NFL, never seem like they have a real workhorse running back. And you see this a lot with teams where they, instead of having that one guy, have three or four guys that can kind of each carry part of the load. And for that reason, I think that the running back that will actually make the most impact is somebody that we don't even really have on our radar like, radar like now, right now. Like if you look at Philip Lindsay um, last year, he wasn't even a guy that was drafted. He was an undrafted free agent with the Broncos and ended up having a fantastic year and being one of the best running backs in the NFL, making it to the Pro Bowl. So I won't even begin to speculate on who it's going to be, but my prediction is that there's going to be one or two running backs that are extremely relevant that either don't get drafted or get drafted so late in the rounds of the draft that we don't even have them on our radar right now. Yeah, you do make a good point on that, Ryan. Uh, obviously, last year, people thought that the running back of the draft that could turn a team around was actually in Denver, and they thought that was going to be Royce Freeman from Oregon. <laughs> And ends up being the complete opposite. A guy undrafted, uh, guy from Colorado, Philip Lindsay, put up a huge season for them. So it'll be interesting to see where the running backs do fall in this draft because running back is a key position. But as you had said, there are teams in the NFL that don't necessarily have a full-time power horse running back. So it'll be interesting to see how the running back pitcher lays out in this draft. Let's look at the other skill positions. So let's look at the wide receivers and the tight ends. Now, Ryan and I both, as we had mentioned, had TJ Hawkinson obviously going top 10. We also both had DK Metcalf going in the first round as well as Marquise Brown. I also had AJ Brown going in the first round. So I had four base, uh, four receivers. He had three. I had three tight ends to his two tight ends. So... I'm not sure which direction you guys want to go with here, but if you had to pick between either tight end or wide receiver, which position is the can't miss in this draft, and who is that guy? Um, Lucas, I'll have you go first with this. Um, I think the can't miss. I think I'm going to agree uh, with you guys that the tight end is Hawkinson. Um, Although I think there is a bunch of good receivers in the class, I think that if you're in need of both, you need to go to the tight end spot early because I think there's still later guys at receiver like Paris Campbell and like Andy Isabella, Kelvin Harmon, receivers that can still fill your need, whereas the later tight ends I don't think can match up to Hawkinson's uh, ability um, in blocking and pass catching. Um, Neil, what are, what about you? Do you think it's tight end or wide receiver in uh, I, I mean, in terms of like the best overall a prospect, uh, taking both the receivers and the tight end, I agree. Hawkinson's the uh, best guy. Uh, but kind of like uh, Luke mentioned, uh, Paris Campbell out of Ohio State, he's like my sleeper pick. I There's one receiver. You guys, as a Vikings fan, I hate to fall into the trap of the old missed receivers considering how uh, Laquan Treadwell turned out. So I always get really uh, nervous to bite on – potential guys even though it might be an outlier but uh yeah I, I agree that this year I mean it might be the first year in a while you'll see a tight end get drafted ahead of a wide receiver so. and then Ryan as I know we both had a tight end picked over a wide receiver um so let's 
flip it here. Let's go wide receiver in this case. So who's the wide receiver that you can't miss picking early in this draft? So I think the one that you can't miss picking early is DK Metcalf. And I think he's sort of the consensus number one guy for most teams out there, most pundits of the NFL. I think a guy to keep an eye on, though, is Debo Samuel, the wide receiver out of South Carolina. So he hasn't gotten a lot of hype, but he could definitely be a potential first-round draft pick, and I had him going late in the first round. But he ran a 448 40-yard dash, and he has a 39-inch vertical. Um, he recorded those at the combine, and he is incredibly quick out on the football field. He tallied 882 yards and 11 touchdowns this year playing for the South Carolina, a team that did not have a fantastic offense. So I think he's a guy that could be big time when he gets into the NFL for whichever team picks him. Yeah, and Debo Samuel did a lot of things at South Carolina. He, uh, not just catching the ball, but he also ran a little bit out of the backfield or in motion plays as well. So definitely could be a sleeper pick as well. I do agree that DK Metcalf would be the receiver to go to here. This guy just was a freak at the NFL Combine. And as much as I'm excited about that, part of me worries a little bit because we've also seen some guys dominate at the combine that haven't had necessarily the best NFL careers. Look at the guy. Darius yeah, Darius Herbert is the guy we always bring up this case because this guy was so fast at the combine and uh, team took a chance, the Oakland Raiders, and he's basically the best he's been in the NFL has probably been a fourth, a number four receiver on the team. If, I mean, you guys can argue with me on this if you want, but I mean, I don't. Re- I've never really seen him as a top three wide receiver for a team. And I think with that reaction, I think everyone's in agreement with me. Well, but, and the thing about it is that having great stats of the combine doesn't necessarily lead to a poor performance. I think it's more like that particular case happened, and now every time we see a physical freak at the combine, we kind of have that reaction. But I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I think that if you get overhyped about things like that at the combine, then that can kind of skew judgment a little bit. But with that body work that Debo Samuels had combined with what he's done at the combine, I think that that's a safe bet that he's going to be solid. All right. Now, Lucas and Neil, I know you guys both had said that Hawkinson would probably be like the top tight end guy. If you guys had to pick the most dynamic wide receiver, then not miss in the first round. Who do you guys think it would be? Uh, Lucas, you go first. I'm going to have to go with my other Iowa State player, uh, Keem Butler. I really think that he um, proved himself last year compared to Metcalf and like Debo Samuel, that he's the wide receiver one in the class. I think really the only thing he needs to work on is his route running, uh, specifically compared to other receivers in the class. But I think that he'll be able to do that throughout his career. But his um, like yards after catch and his – High point ball skills are insane compared to the other receivers. So I really like him. All right, and you, Neil? Uh, interesting guy, uh, Riley Ridley out of Georgia. Um, I feel like he might be the best receiver coming out of the draft in terms of like he's got really good hands. But he, he, another guy, kind of under the radar, probably get drafted to about maybe the end of the third, early fourth round. But he'd be another sleeper pick for me. All right. So Riley Ridley uh, and then Butler from Iowa State. I know uh, our buddy Ellie Knockmoney in his previous mock drafts uh, over the last few months 
At one point, he actually had the Cardinals taking Butler with the first pick in his mock draft. Obviously, some things have changed since, and suddenly some might not even see him as a first-round pick. But I do think that Riley Ridley and then Butler could be guys that could possibly sneak into that first round. But I guess it depends on what teams are willing to kind of make that jump at a guy that's not really being mentioned right now with the likes of Metcalf or Brown or both the Browns or Debo Samuel, as Ryan had mentioned. So it'll be interesting to see how the offensive side of the draft looks because this is a very heavy defensive player draft. And I know we've talked about, Ryan and I have talked about this, we basically think that Nick Bosa is the best defensive player in this draft. But do you guys think that anyone's better than Boza or if there's anyone that's on the same level as Nick Boza? Neil, I'll have you go first. Unanimously, I do think Nick Boza is the best defensive player available, let alone best player available in the draft. Uh, I guess if I had to pick a close number two, I would say maybe Rashawn Gray from uh, Michigan. I thought he was pretty impressive. Uh, I would even say he has he hasn't hit his ceiling yet. Like he has more potential to grow, or maybe Nick Bosa. Maybe we're seeing kind of like a peaked version of him that might only get a little bit better. So for me, I would go Rashawn Gray. Um, like I said, I think there there's a large gap from where he is now to uh, his ceiling. And how about you, Lucas? Yeah, one guy that I've um, kind of grown more fond of lately is uh, Brian Burns, the DN out of uh, Boston College. Uh, I've been kind of seeing more, I don't know, like just film, I guess, like stats on him or whatever. And I think he could maybe reach Bosa's ability, but I still think Bosa's probably your best bet if you need an edge rusher and you have you can choose from any of them. But I'd say Brian Burns has the chance to be like the DN2, I guess you could say, or a close one. And Ryan, um, we've kind of discussed this more, but who would you think is the Next guy behind Nick Bosa at this point. Who did Neil pick? Neil, he had picked Rashawn Gary from Michigan. And I know you actually have him pretty low in your first round. Right? I have him falling a little bit, yeah. One guy that I, I think could be really good, though, and it's not even because of his physical talent, and we brought this up last week when we talked about Christian Wilkins, is that this guy is extremely intelligent. He is a great leader, and wherever he goes, he is going to be incredibly good for the locker room situation. So you talk about guys that are toxic to a locker room. We talked about Le'Veon Bell. We talked about Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham Jr. This is the opposite case, finally, where this guy is such a good personality to have that he really brought that Clemson team together and was kind of the rock and foundation of those two championships that they won. So I think that this guy, with his physical ability, where he is a freak, and also that mental capacity to just bring a team together, I think he could be one of the best players taken in this draft. Yeah, so looking at it, I do like the picks that you guys have as that next best guy. Uh, Rashawn Gary, I'm a huge fan of, obviously, being a guy that watches a lot of Michigan football. I do see his potential in the league. Brian Burns has been a guy that makes has been making huge jumps in mock drafts. And a Florida State defensive player typically goes in that top 15 or so range. So could possibly see him jump into that time or in that pick line when it comes Thursday and then yeah what you had said as well Ryan uh, 
any one of these guys could be that next guy overall. Uh, I do love Christian Wilkins, but I'm going to go with Josh Allen. And the reason why is I, I, I said this last week. I see a lot of Khalil Mack in this guy. This guy is very explosive. He can power through people. A dominant force played in a tough conference. And another unique thing about him, they both went to colleges that wore white and blue uniforms. So I think that's another comparison that people don't really think about. But I think that he's going to be a top three pick no matter where he goes. The Jets seem like a likely choice. But I think that this guy, if Nick Boza wasn't in this draft, if he still wasn't fully healthy, I think that he could possibly be that one guy in this draft. I mean, like I said, it's kind of tough to choose because we all have different choices. And like I said, it all kind of depends on fits for teams and Nick Boza still has a question mark though, because like I said, he only played a, barely a quarter of the season before that injury. And we don't really know how healthy he is. Obviously he's like done stuff in like pro days and stuff, but coming back from an injury and kind of withdrawing from school always puts a question mark, at least in my take. I mean, I'm not, what are your guys thoughts on that? Do you think that uh, a top prospect that gets injured early on in the season sh could, should possibly withdraw from school and focus on the draft? Anyone you guys go first. Yeah, I think – or you can go, Neil. You can go. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, a prime example of that would be in recent years, uh, wasn't – Leonard Fournette, I think, got hurt, and then he decided to – I think he sat out a couple of games or whatnot. That's kind of a prime example, and everyone knew Leonard Fournette was going to be a top five pick. So, I mean, if you, if you were that confident that you're going to go within the first five picks, yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't blame any player for sitting out because – the amount of money they're going to make with these guaranteed deals now is just insane. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think it, it is a smart move to sit out. All right, Lucas, what about you? Yeah, I, we kind of talked about this in our last – our mock draft episode. I think it was probably the best decision for him because I don't even remember what bowl Ohio State played in or how high I guess they were, but I don't really think him coming back would have made the difference in their outcome of their season. So I think it was the right decision. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty certain he'll go top five. I don't see a situation where he would fall out of the top five. So I think it was a good decision. So, Ryan, uh, Lucas and you all both in agreement that if you are in that position where you know you're going to be top five and you are injured early on in the season, it wouldn't make sense to just sit out the rest of the season. Are you in agreement with them as well? Yeah, you might as well, especially when you know where you want to go at that point. You know, you know you want to play in the NFL. You know you're going to be a high draft pick. You might as well just – save yourself from being injured, focus on the draft, focus on the combine, focus on everything you need to do to get yourself to that point. It just does make sense when this is clearly so much a business now. It's not the olden days where people played because they really wanted to play and then getting paid to do it was a nice bonus. This is their primary livelihood now. So that's the thing that they should be focusing on. I think it's terrible for the the school, obviously, who wishes that that player were still there, but that's just how it has to be if that that's what occurs. Yeah, I'm in agreement as well. And I think a key thing that kind of played into that decision was his thoughts on if his team could win a national title. Now, Ohio State was a top 10 team basically the whole season. But you look at that game or that time where he got injured, they had struggled in their game against TCU. 
some of their road games have been tougher games to play against. Obviously, the loss to Purdue was an example. So I think when he got to that point realizing that they might not be a national championship team, that it made sense for him to rest the rest of the season. And that not might not necessarily be the case, but I think that is part of what some people think when it gets towards that point of the season. Is my team going to have a chance at a national championship? If not, then I don't think I should play the rest of the season. I think that was part of the thinking, but – I do think that it was the right decision. He's going to be a top five pick, and it'll be exciting to see where he does end up going. Now, uh, moving on to a different subject, uh, Neil and Lucas, we're going, to, we're going to put the spotlight on you guys here for now. So we're going to have you guys actually give us your top ten picks for the NFL draft. Uh, I don't. Which one do you guys want to go first? I know All right. All right. Who do you have, Lucas? All right. I'm going to go down the list. Yeah. All right, so I got Murray going one to the Cardinals. Then I have Cornyn Williams going two to the 49ers. Uh, Nick Bosa going three to the Jets. Josh Allen going to the Raiders at four. I have the Bucks taking Devin White at five. And then Brian Burns, like I said, I really liked him. I think the Giants snagged him at six. Um, the, ja- the Jaguars at seven taking um, – I think it's Jonathan – I wrote down Taylor, but I think it's Jonathan Taylor, O-Tackle from Florida – and then Hawkinson at eight, along with you guys. I think that's the right pick for the Lions. And then I have the first receiver off the board, and Nikhil Harry to the Bills here. And then I have uh, the Broncos at 10, trading with the Giants, who will get Haskins um, and start the trades in the top 10 there. All right. Uh, what about you, Neil? Okay, I got, uh, I got Nick Bosa going one with the Cardinals. I do think the Giants will trade. For Kyler Murray for the second pick. Uh, three then, I at th- that spot I would have the Niners actually just swapping picks. So I would have the Niners taking Josh Allen. And then at number four for the Raiders, I have Montez Sweat going. And then number five, I'm in agreement with you guys. I do have uh, Evan White. And then at number six, I actually have Rashad Gary going. Uh, seven, I'm also in agreement with you guys with uh, Jawan Taylor. I feel like the lineman that they've been kind of coveting. Uh, at number eight, I'm, again, with you guys with TJ Hawkinson going to the Lions. Um, nine, I actually have – this is kind of a surprise here. Uh, I actually have uh, Devin Bush going nine to uh, Buffalo. And then – and get this, you guys, uh, for number 10 with the uh, Broncos, I actually have Quinton Williams going. I think they'll actually add to their uh, uh, crazy good pass rush there in Denver. So that's kind of my uh, little upset pick. I'd be really happy with that. The Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> if Cody Williams drops to number 10, I think that awesome. would be the steal of the draft. If, yeah, he's, awesome. if he's not in the top six, I think whichever team gets him would be a steal. Would not even surprise me if the Jags at seven would even consider it. Even if, even though they are looking offensive line, if they pass up on Quentin Williams, though, that'd be a very tough pass for them. And then Ryan, uh, what what are your thoughts? I'll have you go through Lucas's first. Uh, is there anything that stood out to you in his top ten? Yeah, Lucas, who was your receiver that you had going in the top ten? Nikhil Harry to the Bills. That's a little surprising to me just because I haven't seen his name on a lot of draft boards as the top receiver or the Bills necessarily trying to go receiver. So that was 
the biggest surprise, but I, I liked what you did with the uh, first four picks there. Having Bosa actually go to three, I think would be somewhat surprising. I like Quinn and Williams at two to the 49ers though. But uh, interesting to see Bosa dropping a little bit more than we had predicted. And then Ryan, uh, Neil had Bosa going one, Murray with the trade, Giants moving up for two. And then he had uh, the 49ers dropping back to three and going with uh, Josh Allen, Montez White going to the Raiders at four, Devin White at five to Tampa with Sean Gary at six. I believe, uh, if I'm guessing with the trades, that the Jets would somehow be that sixth pick. Am I right, Neil? Yep, yep. Okay. And then he would have Taylor going to the Jags, Hawkinson to the at, to the Lions, then Devin Bush to the Bills, and then Quinnen Williams to the Broncos. So which one of those picks kind of surprises you, or does a trade even surprise you? Um, I mean, there was a lot of trade stuff going on there in the early rounds. Right. But Quinnen Williams dropping all the way to the Broncos is the biggest surprise. I have seen some some mock drafts where he is definitely farther down than we projected him, um, but that would be a really good pick for Denver, like you guys were saying. I like how we all have uh, Hawkerson going in pretty much the same place. We'll all look really stupid when he uh, yeah. drops out of the top ten or something. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting with his scenario because last year people thought that the best tight end out of Iowa wasn't even Hawkinson. They thought it was Noah Fant. And for some reason, he's kind of dropping off boards a little bit. I mean, I still have him going in the first round. Uh, I know Ryan had him going as well. Are you guys kind of surprised that he's not being mentioned as the top guy in the draft? I think that Hawkinson brings that power, the, uh, the run-blocking ability. And I really think that uh, separated him more towards – I want to say it was like the off season when they, they kind of flipped spots. So I really think that it was the, pat, the run blocking ability that kind of separated them. So it's not surprising to me. All right. What about you, Neil? Yeah, I agree with Luke. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, there were, if only a uh, Hawkinson goes in the first round, he's the only guy selected. I just, uh, based off of, you know, like watching a lot of the big 10 games and seeing Iowa play, I thought he was a, like a reputable, like second round pick. I just, I just can't see a team taking him in the first round unless, like, they were absolutely, like, stuck on who to draft. But, yeah, I I agree with Luke. I think only uh, one tight end is going in the first round. And then, Ryan, I'm, we've kind of discussed this a little bit, but um, fan dropping, um, do you think that if he would have been in the draft last – I think last year if he would have been in the draft, he might have been the number one tight end. Do you think that he could still be a first-round pick? I think he definitely could be a first-round pick, so I have him going in the first round. It's crazy to me, though, that Iowa had two tight ends that were so good, you know, that could possibly go first round. Like, you rarely see tight ends going first round as it is, maybe like one a draft or something like that, but to have two that could go in the first round is crazy. I don't remember having a team with two players of the same position drafted in the first round, you know, other than offensive line, defensive line, things like that since like Ronnie Brown and Carnell Williams from Auburn got drafted. So it's crazy to think that they had two tight ends that were so good. Yeah, and you look at drafts, typically a trend for teammates getting picked early on is kind of on the defensive side of the football, whether that be defensive linemen or linebackers. But to see it's something where on offense, as you mentioned, the running backs, but 
to see two tight ends from the same school go first round possibly, I think would be a phenomenal feat to have at an NFL draft. And that would probably be the first time it ever happened. So I'm kind of excited for that to happen if it were to happen. Ryan and I have it happening, so we'll just have to keep an eye out for that Thursday night. But uh, that does bring us towards the end of our show. And what do we always talk about at the end of the show? Fantasy football. And with the NFL draft being this week, we're going to focus it on the draft and going into next year. So looking at the draft, based off of some of our picks that we have going, um, how many first-round picks offensively are going to make an impact in fantasy this year, and who are those guys going to be? Ryan, you want to take this one? Sure. Um, I have a number for you, and then I have a couple guys that I think are going to be big time for fantasy football. So I'm going to say that 10 rookies this year are going to be impactful for fantasy football on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to say two quarterbacks, three running backs, three receivers, and then two tight ends. And uh, the two tight ends are going to be Hawkerson and Fant. At quarterback, I'm going to say Drew Locke is going to make an impact. And I'm going to say that Kyler Murray is going to make an impact and not uh, Dwayne Haskins. I don't think he's going to see a lot of time in the starting lineup. Um, and then some of the position players, I have DK Metcalf making a big impact. I have Debo Samuel making a big impact. And then I have Jacobs, the running back from Alabama, making a big impact. And then I left a couple of those other slots blank because, like I cited with last year, Philip Lindsay, he came out of nowhere to be such a great player for fantasy and for the Broncos. So I think there's going to be a couple of those guys that we don't even see coming right now who are suddenly going to be in starting roles and being uh, really useful for fantasy football. All right, Neil, what about you? What do you think? Um, I would, you know, for me, I would say the receivers is where you're going to find a lot of like the uh, potential big pointers. So I could see guys, for example, in like a lot of those standard PPR leagues, such as like EK Metcalf having a huge like year, for example, even um, Marquise Brown. I could, I could definitely see that. I know Ryan had a couple of those guys in his first round. Uh, maybe another one uh, would even be. Yeah, TJ Hawkinson at tight end. Because, I mean, think about it. Now that like, Gronk's gone and Travis Kelsey's kind of the main uh, – and him and Ertz are like, kind of the main two top tight ends. They're going to need like a third tight end up there for uh, fantasy. So, yeah, I, that's who I wouldn't be surprised by. All right, how about you, Lucas? Yeah, I think um, kind of like Mio, I think tight end Hawkinson would be a really big boost, cause especially since the tight end landscape is really slim. With Gronk out, maybe Delaney Walker out. Um, I don't know. It's really only the big three in Kittle, Ertz, and Kelsey, like he was talking about. I think really all the receivers. I don't really. I can't really like picture like a certain amount because I think there's so much talent at the receiver core that really anyone can make an impact. Um, and how you were touching on the late round running back, uh, Singletary. I think there's multiple late round running backs that could potentially be a Philip Lindsay. But I really think – I think the one uh, that I think I'm certain on besides Hawkinson is the only quarterback would be Kyler Murray to Arizona. Um, that Kingsbury offense tailors the fantasy football like completely. So I think if Murray would go to Arizona, I think he could potentially be a uh, star goal quarterback in fantasy. Yeah, and I think we're all somewhat on the same base with like the big-name players that could be – the fantasy impact. Uh, Ryan, the number of 10, I think that is actually a very solid number to go with. And I think that there's going to be five of those that actually are going to be like guys we aren't even talking about that could be like 
day three kind of players or even undrafted kind of players. I do think that uh, TJ Hawkinson is going to be an impact fantasy player at tight end. I do think that wherever DK Metcalf goes, if he does go to Denver or someone maybe like Baltimore, I think could be a big play factor for them as well. I think that there is potential for two quarterbacks. I think Drew Locke, wherever he goes, it's going to be into a spot where he's going to get that opportunity right away. And Kyler Murray as well, whether he starts a season right away or if he comes in midway through the season, he's going to be impactful, at least for some part of the fantasy season. And we all know there's going to be some of those running backs that's going to be very interesting to keep an eye out for. I think it's going to be some guy we haven't even mentioned that's just going to come out of nowhere and be a factor. And I think a place that could make sense would be somewhere – I think the Bears have to pick someone at running back in the draft. They are giving the reins to Tariq Cohen, but I think they need to find a good backup. And no one really talked about Tariq Cohen until he came out of – nowhere a couple of years ago so i think the bears might be able to do that again this year and not sure who that pick would be at some point but i think that team would be the likelihood of a running back going off the fantasy i mean ryan uh if you had to pick a team out of nowhere that could get a fantasy star in this draft who do you think it would be i mean i think the bears are a good pick for you for sure um, but well, let's see. It's tough because you have to think a team that's going to try to go offense, a team that's going to try to bolster that side of the ball a little more than the defense and defense heavy draft. I would say perhaps the Colts actually, because you have to think the Colts have still have in the back of their mind that Marlon Mack had a good season last year, but maybe they want to try to get another running back or maybe they want to try to go with another receiver to help out Andrew Luck a little bit more. Um, because T.Y., you know, had a good season last year, but not as good as T.Y.'s had in the past. So they might want to get somebody to kind of be the Reggie Wayne to T.Y. Hilton's Marvin Harrison. So I would say the Colts could be a team to watch out for that could get a guy that you could see kind of emerging either the running back position or the receiving core. All right. That's definitely, I think, a good pick. Um, Lucas, what team do you think could have that fantasy impact with you this year? Yeah, I think one that's kind of been growing on me lately that I like kind of try and uh, picture trades. I think the Saints are sitting kind of in a spot where obviously they don't have their first round pick because they traded up for Marcus Davenport uh, last year. But they obviously need a wide receiver too, as they have um, Michael Thomas and kind of Trey Smith. They're not really like a set wide receiver too. And I think there's plenty of receivers in this draft that, like, even the Patriots, now that I kind of think about it, that 32nd pick could be really. Uh, fitting for a trade up and maybe take like a, maybe like AJ Brown falls or like Team Butler or someone like that. I think that could be a possibility, and then he'd be an immediate fantasy impact. All right, uh, Neil, what team do you think that could be? Part of me wants to say you're going to say the Vikings here. <laughs> oh man, I, I would like to, but I think uh, Minnesota's going to go very uh, offense line and uh, defensive back heavy, but. Uh, Ian, I did like in your mock draft uh, Marquise Brown at 19 to Tennessee. Uh, Marcus Mariota could always use an additional uh, receiver, uh, considering they're more of like a primary like uh, run-first offense or kind of a you know short uh, yardage situation. And Marquise Brown's more of a playmaker, so uh, that would be my uh, uh, one impact guy that maybe isn't necessarily on the radar. All right, and. 
I hate to say it, boys, but we've talked a lot of mock both mock, mock NFL draft scenarios, uh, the drafts a couple days away. And with all that said, that does conclude this week's episode of Touchdown Tuesdays. Um, before we do get off, uh, Neil, I do know, as I mentioned before, people can check out your daily or your weekly football rant during the season. But otherwise, uh, is there anywhere else on social media that they can follow you at? Uh, at this point, you guys, it's, it's just through Facebook. Uh, hopefully, uh, this upcoming season, we'll, I will be expanding that um, online. But uh, in the meantime, I'm looking forward to this season and the drafts. Like It's like St. Nick's, you know, and then Christmas is coming once the regular season starts. So uh, uh, we get to celebrate St. Nick's Thursday then, I guess, right? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And with us getting our website going, hopefully sooner rather than later, we can get you maybe working on that with the, some NFL stuff once the season starts. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, Lucas, uh, we want to thank you as well for coming on this week, uh, representing Top Tier Sports. Uh, where can we find uh, your, your guys' platforms on social media? Yeah, I just want to say thank you for uh, reaching out to me. I think we talked in like February, like I said. And I'm glad I came on here. Um, but the main platform we use, me and my team, uh, is Twitter. Uh, it's at Sports Tier. And then we have a YouTube. And you'll find all the links on Twitter. So if you just head over to Twitter, um, and then Facebook's underneath my name, uh, Lucas Kaser. And I post the links on there, too. But we got a lot of good stuff coming. Uh, we're live streaming the draft on Thursday. So. I definitely want to keep an eye out for that. Definitely do check out the podcast for top tier sports as well. Ryan, what final thoughts do you have on this episode? Yeah. Thanks guys for coming on. It was a pleasure talking with you guys, Neil. I wish I could have heard you what you were saying because you're always a joy to listen to. Uh, I feel like I missed out on that one, but uh, thanks to everyone listening for continuing to support us. You can find us on Google play Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and then you can follow us on Twitter and follow us on Facebook and give us a like. Yeah, Brian, you said it perfectly right there again. I uh, want to give a thank you to everyone for listening to this week's episode of Touchdown Tuesdays. Again, we are the official football podcast of Blue Sports. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, as you said, or make sure to listen to us each week on iTunes, Google Play, and Spreaker. Don't forget about our buddy uh, Eric and Sam's basketball podcast, Run It Back. They are looking to get uh, their more recent updated episode out this week, so definitely make sure to check out that as well again want to thank uh neil johnson for coming on this week as well as lucas caser from top tier sports we welcome to have you we hope to have you guys on the show again and like i said thank you everyone for listening this week enjoy the nfl draft this weekend in nashville and we look forward to breaking down uh, the results of that draft next week again thank you and take care tonight